Um, but what I'm going to talk about in my four minutes is a piece of work which, um, if any of you were at the Urban Design Group conference last year in Winchester, you'd have heard a bit about it. Um, and it's effectively a piece of work that we're looking at as a group on strategic urban design um, and how effectively the current kind of system we have for identifying where housing and development should go is actually working against us in a lot of what we're trying to then achieve through the system. So I'm going to kind of talk about three things. One is about how we currently plan for um, development. I've put housing, largely it is housing, but it's all development really. Um, then sort of talk about is there a better way of doing it? And then thirdly, just touching on whether or not we have the um, skills to deliver it, even if there is a better way. So this is a diagram. Um, you don't need to be able to read it because I'm going to go through in a bit more detail. But this is taken from one local authority's um, SHLA, Strategic Housing Land um, Availability Assessment. And it sets out the process that they go through to basically identify where they're going to deliver their um, housing and growth. It's quite complicated. Um, step one is the call for sites. So as a local authority begins to prepare their local plan, they will put out a call for sites and local landowners or land promoters will basically put forward um, land that they are interested in developing. Um, very often this will be um, farmers or, or farmland around the edge of um, towns, it may be brownfield sites or small infill sites. Um, and this is just one that I completely selected at random off the internet it's from um, Somerset from a couple of years ago. Um, and basically it's a form that you fill in. Um, it's just a lot of tick boxes. It's how much land have you got? How much are you willing to give up? How quickly are you willing to give it up for housing? Um, a few questions like, you know, how accessible is it? Is there a road passing it? Um, things like that. And then at the very end of it, um, you produce a little plan like that with a red line around it and basically say, this is the field that I own and I'm happy to, to let someone um, build houses on it. So, as you would expect, they get quite a lot of um, responses from people. Um, and then uh, some of the people will actually go to a bit more effort. Um, this is from one land promoter's um, submission. So they may not fill in just the form, but they'll actually put together a little prospectus showing not only the land they've got available, but how they think it could be developed out and how it could work as a, as a, a good sustainable development. All of these sites then get kind of thrown through a desktop assessment process. Um, so this is one, um, I forget where this one's from now, but um, it's starting to look a bit more detail at the site. So this is obviously a brownfield site, it's a former mill. Um, and it's kind of doing the assessment. I suppose some of it's verifying what was put on those earlier forms and some of it's answering other questions. So um, they'll ask things like, how close is it to public transport? Um, you know, what kind of density can we get on it? What's the site area? Are there any issues such as flooding, such as access to it? Um, and then typically they'll be scored. So they'll be given a rating from say one to five. If you're right next to the station, you'll get a five. If you're 10 miles out of town with no road access, you'll probably get a one. Um, and then at the end of all of that, they add it all up. They look at the numbers because this is basically a numbers exercise. Um, and they look at the delivery time scale. So this has identified a whole raft of wards, a number of sites, how many can be delivered in years 0 to 5, going up to years 11 plus, all those totals, looking at um, whether any of them are already allocated, have any of them already got planning permissions or um, that haven't been built out, considering things like windfall sites, because clearly there will be sites that come forward between these exercises um, and other issues. And then 
what they're trying to do is basically hit a number that's probably a little bit higher than the target that they've been given by central government for their um, housing allocation. And this is, that's what it's all about. And what you'll end up with is a map that looks something like this, um, showing all the sites, the different colours are strategic sites, ones with planning, ones without planning, um, ones that are coming forward, ones that are, that are um, short term, ones that are coming forward in the longer term. And um, what it means is that what we're effectively doing is actually building on the least bad sites. No one's actually looked at this and said, is this the right place to put the growth? What someone said is, we've got two sites, this one's better than that one, so we'll go with this one. Um, or maybe you need the number, so actually we're going to have to go with both. Um, and obviously they'll be factoring in the cost of infrastructure. Um, some of these may need um, upgrades to gas or to um, power lines or to sewage systems. So as a group, um, we felt that there was another way. And Roger Evans has kind of been leading this exercise. Um, and what we've been saying is that actually what we should be looking at is urban form. So you take a town um, such as this one, a kind of small uh, rural town, it's got a railway station, got some big roads, a bit of industrial area, and actually you start to kind of plot on some of the key things. So where's the station? You know, where are the key landscape areas? Where's the employment? Where are the schools? Um, what's it like at the moment? This is described as having a, this particular town has a rich historic environment with an extensive conservation area, historic marketplace, and a number of listed buildings in the centre. You know, how does that factor into where we should be building housing? Should we be increasing the density in the centre? Should we be building on the outside? Should we be looking at some of the bigger issues as well? You know, what's the landscape setting of these places? Are there parts or sides of the town that are, that are more... Um, open for being developed than others, um, how does it impact, is it in an AOMB, is it close to triple SI, what are the views, how does it work, and what are the parts that have flooding issues, you know, how can these um, areas be avoided, and what it means is that, you know, the, the current system, it might be that farmer A and farmer B put forward <coughs> their field to say, well, look, I'm willing to give my land up, so what you're doing is you're assessing, is A or B the better location for our housing target? But what we're saying is that actually maybe C and D are the better options and just so happens that the guy up there isn't really very keen on selling his land but maybe the best thing for the growth of that town, they're closer to the town centre, they're closer to the shopping centre, far more sustainable, perhaps they're a less sensitive area of landscape, less prone to flooding. Um, you know, the key thing here being that there's a major road that segregates the town from A and B. So actually, how can the local authority use their powers to say, we're not going to build on A and B, we're going to build on C and D. And if necessary, we can do compulsory purchase to acquire those sites. At the moment, if they tried that, they would probably have them overturned because the landowners A and B would say, but we're willing to give ours up. So there's no need for you to compulsory purchase the two at the top. And then finally, it comes on to, do we have the right skills to do this? Well. I've already touched on the fact we don't necessarily have the right legal frameworks and that um, the use of CPOs in this context would probably um, not be successful at the moment. But the bigger issue is probably um, the lack of urban design skills in planning and plan making. Um, this is a survey which um, hopefully people will have seen from a couple of years ago that the UDG did with Place Alliance which showed that um, slightly worryingly <coughs> Get the exact figures, about 48% um, of local authorities don't have any urban design um, qualified or experienced staff. You've got urban design kind of inputs being provided by a raft of other people from enforcement officers and tree officers and conservation officers. Um, and actually, it's a question of if we did move to this approach, which was much more about kind of form-based, good urban <coughs> design-based work, how would we be able to deliver that without significant upskilling of the local authorities? That's me done. Thank you.